Ripping the ones and twos with the hottest new joints. What a cool DJ, DJ. Playing the best hip hop band rhythmic for over a decade. It's DJ P Dog in the mix. What's happening with it, y'all? It's your boy Tadashi Man, and I'm hanging with my boy DJ P Dog in the mix. Keep it locked. What's going on, y'all? This is your boy K to the second letter. KB, if you ain't get that. And I'm rocking with my homie DJ P Dog. Keep it locked. What's going on? This is your man Trip Lee, and right now you're listening to DJ P Dog in the mix. Keep it locked. What's up, y'all? It's Andy Minio, and right now I'm kicking it with the homeboy DJ P Dog. Keep it locked right here. What up, what up, what up? It's your man Lecrae, and right now you checking out my man, my ace, my dude, DJ P Dog in the mix. Turn up! What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your man DJ P Dog in the mix. With another episode of the DJP Dog in the Mix podcast. And I want to welcome you guys to the show. Um, I got to get right into it, man, because I got a lot that I want to talk about in today's show. Today is going to be a very special show. Um, I'm going to tell you all about it here in just a minute. But if you could tell, you know, I told you guys that I'm trying to release an episode of the podcast every Monday and Thursday. Today is Thursday, February 1st. I did not release an episode this past Monday as I had originally planned, and the reason why I didn't release the episode is because I underestimated my schedule, all right, I underestimated my schedule. This past weekend, um, I was in Myrtle Beach on Friday, Um, I was in Raleigh on Sunday, and I was back in Myrtle Beach on Monday night, and so between doing the travel and those three dates, it was just really hard for me to find the time to get into the studio to really talk to you guys what I want to talk to you about here on today. And before I get into what I want to talk to you about today, let me take care of a little bit of business. Because I want to, and, and, and here's the other thing, man. I'm I'm a little under the weather. You know, my, my son was sick this past weekend, and I think he passed it to my wife, and I think she passed it to me. And so I'm I'm a little stuffed up right now. Thank God my throat isn't hurting but I am a little stuffed up. I got a little bit of a cough. So you got to excuse me during this show. So I'm just letting you guys know up front, okay? But let me take care of a little bit of business because I want to send a very big shout out to my friends in Myrtle Beach. Um, you guys killed it, my friends in Ground Zero um, in Myrtle Beach. I was there with them on Friday night and Monday night, and it was an amazing time. We did the glow party. I've got the full video. We're going to show some of that video footage on my website here momentarily and so definitely stay tuned for that and then um uh, i got a chance to hang out with some new friends in um in raleigh north carolina over at the summit blue ridge campus um here in the north carolina area got a chance to hang out with them on this past sunday night for their glow party and um it was a good time man so great shows this past weekend great people um that i got to work with and um of course i'm always looking forward to working with a lot of these people again. Hey, listen, man, don't hear about me talk about these shows. Bring me out to your city, all right? I'm I'm taking dates for this spring. Um, I've got some things that are coming up here very soon that I'm going to be announcing in the spring, um, but I'm also currently booking um, the summertime and the fall um, of 2018, and we will momentarily be looking at the, 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 um, the winter and spring of 2019 and so yes we're booking that far out right now and um i'm looking forward to great things as i've you know continue on my career 
And and that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. Okay, I'm going to talk to you guys about my career because on today's show, I'm going to talk to you guys completely. All right. From start to finish about my time with the record label Reach Records. Okay, that is a record label that is co-owned by my man Lecrae. And I will be talking about the things that I have learned, how I got started and why I am no longer with the label. All right. Well, technically, I've never been on the label, but as a as a contractor, I was working with the label as one of their DJs. And so I'm going to talk about all those things here on today's show. I think it'll be very educational. I think it'll be very insightful. I think you will gain some knowledge as I have gained a ton of knowledge working with Reach Records. Um, and let me let me go ahead and, and make this clear because I, I just said, you know, I'm going to talk about why I'm no longer working with them. I didn't leave on bad terms. I'm still very good friends and have a very good relationship with the label. Um, and so we'll, we'll get into all that here in just a minute. But before we go any further, I want to give a big shout out to my sponsors at GAC, G-A-C, that is GAC. That stands for God Almighty Creator, okay? And GAC is an American streetwear brand which launched in 2016. GAC is the acronym for God Almighty Creator. Their mission is to push the importance of knowing that God is the ultimate reason for human creativity. They communicate to their audience by using a nostalgic and laid-back approach that spreads positivity through their brand. The lightning bolt is a symbol for light in a dark world. Their slogan is never limited, which refers to Philippians 4.13, which states, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is GAC. Go to their website, www.godalmightycreator.com. And um, you can go there, and when you check out, man, use code word DJPDOG, all one word, and you will get 15% off your first order, all right? That's GAC, GodAlmightyCreator.com. Go check them out. Get that 15%, all right? Hey, listen, folks, I told you guys I'm going to be talking to you about um, my time with Reach Records, so let me go ahead and get into it. And I want to start with the beginning. I want to tell you guys, first off, how I met the man himself, my man Lecrae. And I'm talking about this goes back to 2004, 2005 maybe. All right, that's how long I've known this guy. So I'm at Liberty University. Many of you guys know that I was at Liberty doing radio. That's how this show actually got started. It's a spinoff of my show that I was doing at Liberty University. And so I'm doing a morning show. And a group called Kids Across America... They do um, a camp every summer, sports camp for inner city kids. And Lecrae was was um, recruiting for them, you know, doing concerts at different spots to recruit camp counselors to come out. And, of course, Liberty University is a hot spot to come to to recruit for camps like Kids Across America. So Lecrae came through to do a concert. Now, this was when he only had one album out. After the music, no, not after the music stops, Real Talk was his only album. And so the guys with KAA, Kids Across America, contacted me and said, hey, P, can we um, bring Lecrae to your show? And uh, we want to, you know, get some of his music on the radio and maybe do an interview to push this concert. I said, absolutely. I have knew, I've known, I've known about him, okay? I wasn't a big fan because at the time, you know, that was a time where the Southern music was starting to hit real big and I hadn't bought into the Southern rap um, at that time. 
And so Lecrae was real Southern. And what I mean by Southern, like that Texas, you know, kind of swag to him because that's where he was from at the time. And so I wasn't too big of a fan, but I supported what he was doing. And then, of course, he had got signed to Cross Movement Records. And for me, that's what really put him over the top to me uh, because Cross Movement at the time, for me, was a very trusted name in the business. So I brought Lecrae into the station. And, man, this dude spent a lot of time. We, we talked about a lot of things. And we kind of developed, you know, a growing relationship during that time. And even um, I remember my man Humble Tip, who was a fan of Lecrae, who was an up-and-coming, you know, Christian rapper at the time. I said, yo, P, see if I could get like five minutes with him just to kind of chop it up a little bit. And I remember Lecrae saying, yo, man, I, I'll do it. I've only got five minutes, you know, because we got a lot of things to do. And I remember him taking about an hour with Humble Tip. And that said a lot to me. Like, I knew the guy was busy, but the fact that he took time out of his busy schedule to give my man Humble Tip that time of day, that was a big deal to me. So fast forward, me and Humble Tip are traveling and touring, and one particular show we got to do in Greensboro, we got to open up for Lecrae. Now, this is when, now this is post after the music stops being released. You know, the, the album with Jesus Music and Send Me, blah, blah, blah. So now Lecrae is a name. Okay, now he's got some traction. By the way, let me back up for just a second. Because the show that he did at Liberty at that particular moment in time, they literally had this dude in a classroom. There, I mean, it was a packed house. I, I couldn't, I wasn't able to be there. That's another story for another day. I wasn't able to be there, not because I didn't want to. I couldn't get there. But, um, you know, they had him in a classroom. It was a great, small little crowd. And I think they did a pretty good job at recruiting um, that particular week uh, for kids across America. So again, going back, fast forward, I see him in Greensboro, and me and Humble Tip are opening up for him. I'm DJing for Humble Tip, and Lecrae doesn't have a DJ, right? And so I'm like, man, ain't no way in the world we're going to be the opening act, and we got a DJ, me being a DJ. And I said, yo, man, why don't you just let me spin your records, bro? Let me, let me, let me rock out with you, bro. Not, not the sound guy hitting the play button. Let a real DJ do what the DJ do. You know what I'm saying? And let's make this happen. So we did. And we even continued to grow our relationship. Matter of fact, he came on my radio show again to promote that concert. So it was a real cool relationship. Now, let me, let me make something perfectly clear. And I want you guys to put pause on this story real quick. Because I want you guys to understand something. When Lecrae and I first met, he wasn't a big name like he is today. He was an up-and-coming guy, all right? And I had a real struggle um, giving up-and-coming guys that kind of time of day, all right? But I saw something in this guy, and I said, I don't know what it is about this dude, but he's going somewhere. He's got a following. People are loving what he's doing. I'm going to keep up with this guy. you know. And he's a great dude. Like He's a great guy, just personally in general great guy always gave me the time of day always did interviews with me and whatnot when i was out there on the road like i said we would see him i would dj for him and it was a great situation so fast forward now he is released and i'm, I'm really zooming through the story because i want to get to the part where i started working with him so i see them at this event called flavor fest and at flavor fest lecrae introduces me to other guys on his label he introduces me to Show Baraka. He introduces me to Tadashi, okay? He introduces me to, to Ben Washer, who's the other co-owner of Reach Records. 
So he introduces me to all these guys, and I, I believe I, um, even that weekend during the festival, I DJed for Tadashi. You know, I DJ for Show Baraka. And so it was a great situation, man. I got a chance to, I didn't really get a chance to know them like that, but they were kind of cool with me because Lecrae had introduced them to me. You know, they knew that Lecrae was that guy who was really getting to know everybody in the business at that time, all the, the big name Christian hip-hop DJs at the time. So Lecrae was really putting them on game. And so I always appreciated that. So now fast forward. Summer of 2009, I'm trying to make sure I get my dates right. Lecrae does a, does a tour called the Don't Waste Your Life Tour, okay? And during this tour, and during this tour, man, I would take many guys and, and, and ladies to these shows, and Lecrae would always say, what's up, P, how you doing? He would let me do radio interviews, introduce me to the guys again. At this point in time, Flame is on the tour with them and all that good stuff. Right after that tour was done, Okay, and matter of fact, this is this particular tour. Um, DJ Official was touring with them. Okay, the the great DJ Official is touring with them. But after this tour, everybody was going on to do their own thing, and I noticed. I said, "Man, they're probably going to need more DJs." So I had this plan, and I said, "You know what? Lecrae's on a brand new tour. He's headlining this tour. It's called the Altered Minds Tour. It was with him." Um, the first leg of that tour, Tadashi tour with him, along with um, two other groups called um, Mike's Chair and After Edmund. And the second leg of that tour, um, it was those two groups again, along with Shobaraka versus Tadashi. And so I said to myself, I said, man, Lecrae's coming to Liberty. Okay, he's coming back to Liberty. I'm going to be doing radio interviews with him. And while we're chopping it up, I want to make sure that that some way, Somehow, we can have this conversation of me coming on to help them out with their DJing. So we're we're backstage. Me and Lecrae are talking. My man Humble Tippet gave me some some stuff to give to Lecrae because he couldn't be at the show. Um, and and one of the things that he told me to give him was this flyer, and it was a flyer that me and Humble Tip had together. On one side it was Humble Tip stuff, on the other side it was DJ P Dog stuff. Okay. And it was a picture of me on turntables. And I remember giving Lecrae that flyer and all the other materials that Humble Tip gave me because I told him I would do it. And Lecrae looks at the flyer. He sees my side of the flyer. And he says, bro, I didn't know you was DJing like that. I said, come come on, man. Are you serious, bro? Like, you've, I've DJed for you. I've done stuff with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I tour with Humble Tip. And when I, he looked at me, he says, listen, man, we need more DJs on our squad. I said, bro, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to bring it up. So the thing is, I saw a legitimate need. They had a legitimate need. And before I could even get it out of my mouth to offer my assistance, he gave me the rundown. He said, listen, man, we might be calling on you real soon to come out. Now, on this particular tour... Um, DJ Official was still touring with them, but he had to to be out some of the dates. He had some family things going on, and so um, they needed a spare DJ. You know, they could come in and, and fill in the gaps. Two weeks later, and here's the thing. Whenever anybody in the music business, and I've learned this, anytime anyone in the entertainment business, the music industry, whatever, 
offers you anything like that, you take it with a grain of salt. Granted, I saw the need, but I didn't know how serious they were going to be with, you know, reaching out to me. Because the reality is, even when they came to Liberty, there was another DJ that was working with them. Okay, it wasn't DJ official, it was someone else that was filling in. And I, I know that guy as well. It didn't work out with him. Anyways, so I take it with a grain of salt. And I remember getting an email two weeks later from one of the people on the management team from Reach. And they said, hey, Lecrae told us that you are interested in being one of our DJs. Said we got a need. It's an immediate need. We need you to come out to Nashville tomorrow. And they hit me with the, you know, we'll don't worry about flights. We'll fly you out. Tell us where the nearest airport is you want to leave from, and we'll make it happen. Bring your gear, and and this is these are the three dates we need you to fill this weekend. Can you do it? And so I say, let me make two phone calls, okay? The first phone call I had to make was to my wife to tell her what had just happened. Because, by the way, when me and Lecrae had that conversation, she was backstage and she heard the whole thing unfold. So now she's she's excited for me because it's happening, okay? The second phone call I had to make was to my man Humbletip because we had some dates that were lined up that weekend. And I said to him, I said, listen, bro, I need to go take this gig. You know what I'm saying? Now, granted, I hate backing off from you, but but we had two other DJs that were in training to work with Humbletip that we were ready to put on the road anyways. So I took care of him, and he said, yeah, man, absolutely. Go do what you got to do, man. Make it happen. And I get on the road. I get to um, to Nashville to go do three dates with Lecrae and Show Baraka and the Ultra Minds Tour. That was my first time really DJing for Lecrae, all right? At the end of the weekend, Lecrae said, yo, bro, we really enjoyed having you. You're great to be around. You're not like bougie and none of that stuff you know I've, I've known you for a while but you know you really get to know somebody when you're on the road with them a little bit personalities clicked me and show baraka clicked you know lecrae had his wife and kids we we all clicked you know the road manager everybody everybody clicked it was great it was like uh, putting on the glove on the, it was it fit like a glove all right great situation Cray said listen bro Keep, keep Stay by your phone, stay by your email, you know, so-and-so from the label may be calling you. We're going to have some conversations, and we're going to see, you know, if we can go in and make this official and make it happen. And so that was November of 2009. Um, I didn't get a call back from them until January, all right? January, we all met again in Nashville for the Stellar Awards. Lecrae was there. I got to meet um, the management team in person. It was great. You know, we they said, listen, we, gonna, we, we like what we've been hearing. You know, we had to take care of some things, some paperwork and blah, blah, blah. And it all worked out. I didn't hear from them again. <laughs> okay, you, I hope you guys are following what I'm saying here. Okay, because the main lesson that I want you guys to get it's cool to get a good situation like that, but at the end of the day, you still want to keep your own situation going, you know what I'm saying, and let that be a filler until you get something solid, all right? 
Now we're in 2010. All right. February of 2010. I get the call. I, well, I've been getting the calls. They were saying, listen, we're going to bring you on. They, they shot me some ideas, shot me some plans, you know, whatnot. At this point in time, Lecrae is touring um, with um, Acquire the Fire. And he's got a lot of dates, a ton of dates. He had brought KB on board. And they were touring together, you know, showing KB the ropes and whatnot. And so I did a couple of spot dates with Lecrae doing Acquire the Fire. But my first official date with them was February of 2010. My first gig was with Tripoli over in the Cayman Islands. All right. Amazing, man. Like I'm blown away. No, nothing in my career had brought me to a beautiful city like this, apart from what I'm doing right here, right now with the great Tripoli. So me and Trip kill it. We're, we're doing our thing. We have a great time. You know, I got a chance to meet his wife and, and things click again. Everything fit like a glove. It was great. We had a great chemistry on the stage. You know, I brought my expertise to the table and, and brought my flair to the situation and it worked. So I get a call from the label and they say, listen, here's where we are. All right. Each one of the artists are now building their brand, building their business, and they're going to have their own road manager and their own DJ. And we want you to come on. Say DJ official is going to be touring mainly with Lecrae, Tripoli and show Baraka. All right. But if there's dates that, that are double dates that Fish can't do, we want you to be our second guy. And we want you to be Tadashi's main DJ. Okay, Tadashi's getting a lot of shows. He's got a brand new album out, and he's doing a lot of dates, and we want you to be his main guy. And we not only want you to be his DJ, but we want you to be his role manager as well. So we had a tryout with Tadashi. I had a show with Humble Tip, and we opened up for Tadashi, and I reached out to Tadashi. I said, listen, send me your tracks. Let me DJ for you. We've been talking. You guys have been talking. I've been talking with the label. We got this date. Let's utilize it and see if it works. Bro, we knocked it out of the park. Me and Tadashi clicked like we were best of friends for years. All right? The guy is just a, a lovable kind of guy. All right? It clicked. It worked. Our chemistry on stage worked. Partly because whenever I would go to his shows and DJ Official was DJ Inform, I was always studying what DJ Official was doing. I said, okay, I see. I, I'm, and in studying that, not so much mimicking Fish, but knowing that DJ Official was only doing what he was doing because that's the style that Tadashi liked. So I studied that, okay? I studied it, and I was studying it not knowing that I was even going to be in that position. But because I was such a big fan for Fish, I always studied what he did even when he was with Cross Movement. I, I just loved what the brother did on that stage. So me and, me and Tadashi, we get together, and I never remember, I never forget, bro. Excuse me. My first road show with Tadashi was in Indianapolis and we were doing an arena we opened up for David Crowder we killed it I had never been in front I, I had never been on stage 
outside of Liberty University in front of a crowd that large DJing for an artist, okay? It was amazing. And in my pea brain, okay, I had this backdrop of what I thought was success for these artists. And I remember thinking, man, I saw them on the Don't Waste Your Life tour and they killed. I saw them on the Alter Minds tour and they killed. Now I'm looking at this. There's no Lecrae here. There's no Tripoli here. It's just Tadashi. Okay. And the place is packed. I'm thinking, man, this is about to be amazing. I never forget it. The next day, me and Tadashi are at the airport. And we're sitting down waiting for our flights. And the knowledge that this guy dropped on me, I promise you, it was heavier than an atomic bomb. He dropped the bomb, bro. Okay? And he put me on game. And he laid it out. He said, bro, all of our shows ain't like this. He said, the reality of it is, bro, like you guys have gotten to see the bigger shows, but these bigger shows hell in comparison in num numbers compared to a lot of the smaller shows. And not only that, the spacing between dates in and of itself, and that blew my mind i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe it but back then that blew my mind because i couldn't believe it it was like this is this is the reality so after that first show with him i realized the realities of the game everybody ain't touring every weekend okay every show ain't no arena some shows are big some shows are really big but there's a lot of shows that are really small okay so he put me on to that reality. Now, by this time, Reach Records had brought me on to, to be the, the second DJ. So I'm booked, all right? Let me, let, me, let me be clear to you guys when I say I'm, I'm booked, all right? Between four artists, I got a gig two, three times a week, all right? I, I could be somewhere Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with a different artist, flying from spot to spot like i remember one time i was with lecrae one night then the next night i was with um derrick minor um and thizzle and then the next night i was with triple e and this was this was my situation for six months i'm i'm with somebody two three times a week i'm with somebody and it was great i was living good i had just moved from virginia back to North Carolina. My wife wasn't working. She was pregnant with our twins and I was making good money, all right? But again, I didn't understand the realities of the business, okay? Here's what I knew that summer, 2010, summer of 2010. There were talks about the Unashamed Tour, um, the movement, which happened in the fall of 2010. Okay, I looked at that tour. It was probably like 40 dates or something like that. And I said, oh, yeah, we're going to be real good. Here's where the reality set in. I had two things working against me for that tour. One, my wife was pregnant with the twins. And 
I did I did not want to be away for 40 dates away from her during that time. Going off on a weekend is one thing, but being away for two, three weeks at a time while she's pregnant with the twins and it was close to the due date, that's not happening. And it, and I felt like Reach even had a policy. It was an unspoken policy. And this went for anybody, for Lecrae. Um, he's Mr. Tour because his wife was giving birth. Tadashi's Mr. Tour because of that. Um, Shobaraka, the whole nine. I think there was one of those family was big for them, okay? So they made sure that we took care of home, all right? It's like, look, get all you can, but when it's time to go home so you can be there with your wife, you need to be home with your wife. So I got the call, and they said, hey, look at these two months. Tell us what you can do. They gave me the rundown, said we want to have it to where there's two DJs on the tour because you guys are our guys, DJ Official, DJ P-Dog, and the Unashamed Tour. We want both of you guys on the tour. They looked at it. I looked at it, and I said, guys, I want to do this really, really, really bad. One, at this point in the game, this is my job. All right. This is my full time job. All right. But my wife is due in November. So if I did this, I can only do the first two weeks. So in my brain, I said, OK, if I do the first two weeks of this tour. I can make what I need to make and, and stay home for the rest of the time. And then get back out once the tour is over, once the kids are here, and I can get back at it. Well, that didn't happen, ladies and gentlemen. And it didn't happen, and it didn't happen at the worst point in time in my life. All right? Usually, if you have time to plan, you can plan ahead and say, okay, I'm going to be home for two months, so I need to start booking dates I got this thing with Humble Tip still that I could hop back on. I got this other stuff. I could do this, this, and this. And I can make things work. I didn't find out that I was not going to be on this tour. I think I found out right at the end, or midway through September, the tour started the 1st of October. So I literally had no time to plan, Okay. The reason I couldn't do the tour is for two reasons. One, my wife was pregnant with the twins. And two, for them to bring me out would have taken the tour over budget. So it just didn't work. Okay, it didn't work out for me. So now I'm scrambling. I want you guys to hear this. Okay, I'm with the biggest Christian hip-hop label. And, and let me be clear. They did all they could to take care of me during that time. Okay, there were there were a few spot dates before the tour and they made sure that I had as much work as they could give me to kind of get me into a decent place. But I was far from a decent place because you're talking about two months at home trying to figure out life. <laughs> OK, so I'm at home. My wife has she has the babies and whatnot. I, I did find work. Um, I did some stuff with Humble Tip. You know, again, they took care of me as much as they could before the tour. Um, I, I, you know, KJ52 brought me out on a couple of dates to help me get more dates. So I was, I was okay. Here's where the reality really set in, okay? Because while these guys are on tour, 
there's this event happening in North Carolina, and I'm not going to call these guys names. I'm not throwing nobody under the bus on this show. These are non-reach records artists here, but they're some of the top artists. At the time, they were the top artists in Christian hip-hop, all right? Four of them, okay? They were at this one venue playing, and one of them had reached out to me and said, yo, P, why don't you come out and DJ for us? I said, bet. I said, this is what I usually charge. With all of you guys together, y'all could pitch in together and, and make this up. And I got the phone call from these guys saying, yo, man, we not going to be able to, to do it. I said, bro, can you guys pay me $200 between the four of you guys? That's that's 50 bucks a piece. I said, all right, let me check with the guys. Call me back. Yo, man, we can't do it. And I said, okay, all right, I'll tell you what. It's a big event. I could come out there and sell some merch. I had some mixtapes out at the time. Selling it for five bucks. I'd come out and do it for merch. But can you guys at least, bro, at least cover my gas money? All right, let me give him a call back and see what's what. Yo, man, the guys can't do that either. Everybody's out here hustling. Are you kidding me, bro? Four of you guys can't get together and scrape $5 a piece to give to me? To get gas? And you guys are the top guys in this genre? We're talking about Grammy-nominated artists here, folks. As far as I'm going with that. Can't do it. I said, this is for the birds. So at that point in time, I said, okay, if I can't travel with a reach artist, then my career is done. I can't, because I at this point, I'm I'm the breadwinner. You know, the stuff that I was doing with Humble Tip, man, I was in, I was in college. And we were able to live off of, you know, $100 a show, $200 a show. It was cool. And I had two jobs at the time. I was working in radio, working at two radio stations. But at this point, I've got real rent, okay? I've got a wife. I got two kids on the way. I need money, all right? And Reach Records was providing that. But I didn't get put on to the game like I thought that I knew until I got with them and saw the realities, all right? So I stayed home that tour, and it hurt. I, we struggled. Financially, we, we made it. Thank God we made it. But it was a struggle, okay? But it was a lesson that I learned. I'll never forget it. But then there were other lessons that came after that because now the tour is over. But during this tour, I find out that you know, because of budget reasons, Tadashi no longer needs me as his DJ or his road manager. He's He's got his wife doing his road managing now, and he hired another DJ that was a lot cheaper than me, all right? Makes sense. I said, I'm not even mad. That's a business decision for his family. So I still had dates coming in because I was still traveling with show. I was still traveling with Triple E. DJ Official was primarily traveling with Lecrae, so I was still good until Trip Lee makes an announcement. I'm already not working with Tadashi, okay? So I'm down to three, okay? Which really, I was down to two, okay? Which really, I was down to one because Trip Lee primarily wanted DJ Official as well. So I was down to Show Baraka. 
pretty much. All right. And he was getting ready to cut. He had just released a new album. So he had he had a good amount of dates going on. Right. But now I'm not going out two, three times a week. Now I'm going out like once a week, maybe twice a week. Okay, depending on the schedule. So like if Lecrae had a show on Friday and Triple E had a show on Saturday, DJ Official would do the show on Friday with Cray and then go do the show on Saturday with Triple E. And I'm still at home. Just wishing, throw me a gig, bro. Throw me a gig, all right? So I learned quickly that Triple E was going to take some time off because he was working on um, his role of becoming a pastor and wanted to go do an internship, which meant he had to come off the road for a long period of time. Felt like an eternity. So now I'm down to two artists that I'm working with. Lecrae and Show Baraka. Okay? Then Show Baraka decides he's going to leave the label. All right? Show Baraka says, I'm, I'm leaving Reach Records. I'm going to do my own thing. Guess what happens when he leaves Reach Records, folks? Those shows dwindle down, folks. They disappear. They stop coming in like they do for him. So he de- so the shows that he he does have, he definitely can't afford to bring me out now. So now I'm scrambling. Now I'm really in scramble mode. To be honest, folks, I don't even know how I made it. Oh, I do know how I made it. I had tax re- tax tax refunds that came in and we stretched them holy crap we stretched them that's how we made it i how can i forget that anyways so we're living off of that i get a few shows here and there few spot dates solo i start coming up with schemes and plans on doing my own career my podcast was doing very well okay so i was able to charge people for um for promotional stuff on the podcast that got us over i was booking my own dates going off of the strength that i'm i'm a rich records dj so that helped me get some dates so i'm doing all kinds of things but i feel like i learned a very hard lesson during that time folks and i want you guys to hear this and if you're an artist out there i want you to hear this as well if you're a dj anybody in the music business i learned that you cannot have your career depending on the decisions of others, okay? You've got to be in a position to do your own thing and to do your own career for you, okay? I had this talk with Show Baraka after one of our shows. and He said, listen, bro, I'm going to tell you what nobody told me. He said, listen, you've got to take control over your career. He said, here's the reality, bro. Reach Records is having a lot of conversations about where they're going, what they're doing. He said, I'm be honest with you, bro. He said, he said, I'm telling this to you, and I'm telling this to DJ Official too. You guys got to take control over your own careers. Don't depend on what Reach Records is doing. Because with a record label, with artists, the direction that they decide to go in is the direction that they decide to go in, and you may not fit in that direction. Okay? So you've got to take control of your own career that was the realest conversation i ever had with a guy and and i thanked him for giving me that now i thank him even now okay because show baraka led me and showed me the way 
in a in a in a time and place where I'm still learning and navigating through myself. He's been there, done that. So he had some wisdom and it was great advice. Okay. Now we're in 2011. Okay. The summer of 2011 was great. Triple E came back. The shows went up. I even did other tours with, um, I did a tour run with Thizzle and, and Derek Minor, and we did a run together. We were doing a lot of festivals. It was great. Everything was back to what I would call the norm. Then the fall of 2011 came. Lecrae had already released his rehab album. He was going on his first solo tour, his first real solo tour called the Rehab Tour. They brought me out to DJ for that. Then after we did Unashamed Tour Australia, we did Unashamed Tour Africa, and I got to do those as well. And now you've got newer artists that's on the label, okay? Because when I first started, it was Show Baraka, Triple E, Lecrae, and Tadashi, all right? Now you've got three new artists, even though Show Baraka is gone. You've got three new artists. you got Derek Minor now. You've got um, KB. He's on the label now. you got Andy Minio on the label. And... I remember doing the shows with, with those guys. And I remember me and Andy Minio having a conversation after our Africa tour. And he said, listen, man, things are starting to pick up. I need another D I need it. I need a DJ. That's what he said. Now here's where my, my little, uh, I didn't really get it. Okay. I knew this guy was going to be a star. Okay. The first tour we did with him was the rehab tour and I said, this kid is going to be a bona fide star. He's, he, he's got the it factor. Whatever the it factor is, he's got it. This kid's got it. So after Africa, he said, I want to have a conversation with you. And I, I, I'll be honest with you. Because I knew he couldn't afford my prices at the time, I kind of brushed him off. And that was, that was a dumb decision. Okay? Clearly, right? I, I brushed him off a little bit. So we get together a year later for the Unashamed Tour, the last Unashamed Tour. Um, I can't remember what it was called. Um, uh, goodness, it's going to bug me. Uh, anyways, we got together for that, and I'm saying, yo, Andy, matter of fact, the, the label had reached out to me and said, listen, you need to talk to Andy because he's about to blow up, bro. He said, you need to talk to him. He needs a DJ. You need to get up with him. You better talk to him and meet with him now. Say, Andy, let's meet up. Let's revisit that conversation. And he looked at me and started laughing and said, oh, man, I've already got a guy. And I said, dang it. I missed that opportunity. I didn't keep that relationship going. The same as I did with Lecrae, I didn't do it, Andy, and I should have. But, you know, it was all good. It was all good because the reality of it is, ladies and gentlemen, that gig wasn't meant for me. It was meant for someone else. But again, I'm talking to you guys about all these things because I want you guys to understand that there is a reality to working in the music business and entertainment industry. Things can be hot one day and they could be dead cold the next. And that's where we get to this part of the show, of the story rather. Because I'm now doing some spot dates on my own. I'm doing very few dates with with Reach at the time. 
They're doing the thing. And at this point, it's April of 2013. Okay? April of 2013. And I get the call. We need you to come out with Lecrae. And it's a one-off. Okay? And, and a one-off means it's a, it's a, it's a one-day show. You finish the show, you turn around and come home. So it's a one-off show. And it's in Australia. Now, by this time, I face the reality. My time is, is, is coming to an end. The shows for me have dried up. Triple's on another, on another hiatus. Tadashi's got his own guy. Show Barack is bringing me out maybe once a month at this point in time. And so I had to come to the reality like, okay, I'm not making any money doing this anymore. So it's now time for me to start thinking about what is next? How am I going to provide for my family? At this point in time, I've got a wife. I've got two kids. She's pregnant with our third child. I can't keep doing this, okay? I can't keep holding on thinking that someone else is going to take care of me when in reality, I need to be taking care of myself. So I made up my mind. I said, okay, I've, I've got to go get a job. Uh, something I haven't done in years. So I'm putting in applications, trying to get jobs with corporations to do their social media, trying to get radio jobs, and nothing is working. Okay? So finally, a guy in my church tells me about a, tells me about a job, a really good job that pays really good money. The only thing is you're working 12-hour shifts. Okay? You know, one week you're working... You know, from morning to afternoon, the next week you're working from afternoon to third shift. And I'm looking at it saying, bro, this this can't be the ticket. I, I've just I'm not built for the nine to five. OK, if anybody knows me, you know how I operate, you know how I work, you know how I maneuver, you know, I, there's two things I'm not built for a cubicle and a regular nine to five. Not disrespecting anybody who has to go do that. Some people are built for that. Some people aren't built for that. I was built to be an entertainer. That's what I do. Okay? I, I get on stages, I travel, I tour, and I entertain a crowd. The problem was I didn't have a, I didn't have a way at the time on figuring out how I was going to do that. To, to put food on the table. So I got to go do what I got to do. So I go out with Lecrae. To do this one shot, this one one-off in Australia. And I remember we're sitting down at the hotel and Lecrae asked me this question. He says, bro, what are, you, what are you doing for money? Because he knew the reality. He knew we don't have a lot of work for him right now. This is just what it is. This is a part of the business. It's nothing personal. This is just how the business works. So he asked me, what are you doing for money? I said, bro, listen, I'm going to go get a job. Until I can figure out what's what with my DJ career, I got to go get a job because I got to make money. I got to pay the rent. I got to pay the light bill. I got to put food on the table because it's not going to come out of nowhere. Okay? So we're in Australia. We rock the show. I'm flying back home. I land. Okay? And the very next day, 
I'm in the temporary service. I'm in the temp office trying to find a, a temp job so that I can make ends meet until I figure out what's next. Okay. So from April of 2013, okay, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, I'm working in a warehouse. My first day at this warehouse, I worked at two different warehouses. The temp job had me. The first one, and this was the biggest. This was the one that that jacked my brain up the most, okay? I was working at the Whole Foods Gluten-Free Bakehouse. There's only one in the world, all right? Only one Whole Foods Gluten-Free Bakehouse is right here in North Carolina. And here's what jacked me up, okay? I'm fresh off the plane from Australia. The next week, I'm going to this warehouse, Okay, it's on the same exit as the airport, but in the opposite direction. So I'm bugged out. Here I am, 530 in the morning. I'm waking up before the crack of dawn to go punch into a time clock to make nine bucks an hour. Okay, eight hours a day. So that I could put food on the table, take care of my family, doing what I got to do. It was the most humbling experience i ever experienced because here's the reality folks you know my man kb just put up a status today shout out to kb um that he just lost his diamond status with delta okay when i was when i was working with reach records i was platinum status on delta almost every flight was a first class flight international automatic first class the sky club the whole bit okay i go from that to the very next week working in a warehouse in in the whole foods gluten-free bakehouse so i can make ends meet so the temp job <clears throat> there ended because it was temp and they put me on a new assignment and they put me in this warehouse where we're building shelves and whatnot and i remember that i said man this job isn't that bad cool people here i get to talk and beat new people um wasn't bad 10 bucks an hour you know overtime time and a half listen folks i didn't know nothing about that stuff okay i'm, I'm an entertainer i get paid a nice hefty what i get paid for doing one show i would have to work a week and a half at a warehouse to get the same money all right so so you you do the math all right it played with my brain a lot, okay? So I'm stressing out a little bit. And during this time, I get a phone call. Um, my son was born, and my third child was born during this time. And I remember I got a, a phone call. Actually, but let me back up. Before he was born, that same summer, Lacrea came into town to Durham, my city, to do a show, him, KB, and Andy Mineo. I worked with the guys during that show because it was here in my city and got to catch up with everybody and let them know what I was doing. And it was cool. That night, Lecrae asked me, he said, listen, can you come with me on Monday? I'm doing 106 in part. I said, absolutely, bro. Let me just call the job and make sure it's cool with them. Let me tell my wife, let her know what's what. And everything was all good. Here's the thing. Because I was a good worker, on this temp job, they allowed me to take that time to take that two days that I needed to take off, and I needed to go. I needed to go get that. 
Okay, it was a one-off, but it was on TV. I got my payday, and it was a great payday. And shout out to to those guys for letting me come out with them on that historic time, Lecrae's first time performing um, any of his music on 106 Park. I got to be a chance, have a chance to be a part of that. It was great. But here's the reality, folks. It was a one-shot deal. You know, I, I couldn't come home and say, man, forget this warehouse. I was just on national TV. No, I went and I did the job, okay? I came home, I got my payday, and I went back to work. And it was crazy because two things happened after that. One, the guys in the warehouse caught the show. And they're on their phones looking at me on 106 Park. And they're like, man, that's you. And you standing right here next to me. What are you doing here? I'm like, brother, I'm trying to earn a living like y'all, bruh. Like, just because you see me on this TV show for a couple of minutes, literally, doesn't mean a thing, bro. Like, I'm not no millionaire or nothing. I'm not even a thousandaire at this point. So that was the reality. Then a very good friend of mine came into town like a week later, my man KJ52. And, you know, he, he called me up to his hotel. We hung out and kicked it. And the first thing this dude asked me, he said, bro, how does it feel to be on 106 Park one day and the next day you're back in the warehouse? I said, bro, it's the most humbling thing ever. And I ate it. I, I needed that humility and I needed to be where I was because, again, it was meant for me to be at the warehouse at that moment in time because some other things taking place and I'm 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 gonna share that too because I want you guys to understand from from one I want you to hear the industry perspective but you got to understand ladies and gentlemen God has a plan and sometimes we don't understand fully God's plan at the time until later on we say dag now I see it but it took me some time to understand that God had a plan and he still had my back I didn't need like reach records wasn't the in all be all for me okay and it, 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 anything like that shouldn't be the in all be all for anybody you take it in strides you live in the moment you enjoy the moment but when the moment is past it's done you move on with life it's over take your pictures and, and, and move on with life so i'm back in the warehouse at this time i'm i'm going i got no gigs folks i think i had one more main gig that summer um was with a camp or something like that and it was a good it was a great payday like what i made that week it would take me almost a month to to work at this warehouse but i still needed to go back to the warehouse okay so i didn't let anything get to my head at this point i'm low bro like i'm humbled i'm a very appreciative i'm in my place okay i'm starting to work on music again i lost the passion I said, bro, if this is over, you know what? If this is it, I've had a great run. At this point in time, I, I was 10 years in the game. I said, bro, if this is it, looking back over my career, I've done stuff that, that people haven't done in a lifetime. I've gotten to travel the world. I've gotten to work with some high-class artists. I got to be on TV, and, and I've done all these things. The resume is deep. I'm good. If this is it, then it was a great run. But I started to get the passion back again because I started to see there was a whole culture of DJs that were making it happen, these EDM guys. 
So I started I started watching and saying, yo, bro, like this is I think two things put me over like, OK, my passion is back. One. I saw this this DJ named Dead Mouse. And I'm watching this guy, and I'm like, this dude is like packed out stadiums, bro. Huge. So okay, well maybe there's something to this solo act. And then I saw Grandmaster Flash, legendary hip hop DJ at a festival. He rocked a 40 minute set. I was flab. I was amazed. Okay, because I didn't know that that world even existed. Now, granted, I've been in the festival world, but it was the Christian music festival world. Like the, the big festivals like your Bonnaroo's and your Bestivals and your Coachella's. I didn't know about those festivals until I started watching these other DJs and, and, and then it kind of snowballed from there. So I started working on this little set. It was a five minute set. Okay. And it was a play off of uh, Annie Mineo's song Uno Uno Seis. And I remember my wife telling me, she was asking me, she says, why are you working on this set if you ain't got no shows? I said, I don't know. But when the show comes, I want to be ready. Okay? I'm still working in the warehouse. And here's the good thing about working in the warehouse. I became like the resident DJ. We were allowed to listen to music. So they said, P, put on the music. And I was playing all kinds of stuff on Pandora. These guys were vibing out the music. I was researching what's hot right now. Let me find out about these guys like Avicii and 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 um and and um and Calvin Harris and all these guys, these big name EDM guys. And I'm listening to their records and I'm like, "Yo, man, this is crazy. This is crazy hot." So I'm work I go home and I'll work on this set. 5 minutes, folks. 5 minutes. And then I get the call. Lecrae's management team called me, say, "Hey, we need you to come out to St. Louis to do a show. Um, DJ Official's not feeling well. He's not going to be able to travel this weekend. Can you come out? And I said, absolutely. Called the warehouse, called out. They said, no worries. Come back when you're done. Job will be waiting for you. I get to St. Louis. I knew nothing about this show, nothing about the gig. One of the very few times that that ever happens. I'm just excited to be back on the stage, bro. Like, you guys don't understand. Going from that warehouse for all those weeks and months, and then I get to hit that stage one more time, and I do it the right way, okay? I do it the right way. I want you guys to get that. Because, again, there's a humility now that I have that I struggled with before all of this took place. So I'm on the stage. We're rocking out. Lecrae's the headliner. His final song, because he was trying to put Andy Minio over, his final song was Uno Uno Seis. He's got five minutes left on the clock. He looks at me and he says, P, we got five minutes. You want it? I said, absolutely yes. Lecrae puts me over to the crowd. Y'all, I'm going to let my man DJ P-Dog rock out for y'all for the next five minutes. That set that I was working on, I was ready. And I... Gave that crowd the hottest five-minute set of my entire life. And the place went nuts. I mean, if there were, if you could blow the roof, 6,000-plus people, folks. It gave me an adrenaline rush like I never felt before. 
to the point when I got backstage, I was like, whoa, that was crazy. Lecrae pulls me to the side. He says, dude, whatever that was you just did, you need to do more of that, bruh. He said, that's your ticket. And that gave me the boost that I needed to get back into the game. Okay? I want you artists to understand something. You've got to be prepared. All right? It's not enough to have a dream and a vision. You've got to work on that mug. Because you never know when the phone call is going to come. You never know when the email is going to hit. You never know when it's going to be your shot. That five minutes, bro, you guys got to understand. I got a good payday that day. It was great. For me, that moment wasn't about the pay. It was about me getting my passion back as a DJ, for one. And two, it was about me showing myself that there's a shot for me to do this thing on my own and I can actually kill it with the crowd. And Lecrae gave me that word of advice, said, dude, whatever you just did, you need to do that. I go back to the warehouse. Now I'm, I'm like amped, okay? I go home. I prepare a longer set. I don't do the five minutes. I say, let me prepare for the hour and a half. So I put together a 90-minute set. I went in found brand new music i put the sets together it was amazing and then i get a phone call okay i got a phone call from a promoter that i had met while i was on the road two years prior with tadashi and triple e now here's the thing folks artists i want you guys to listen to this i want what i'm about to say i want you to take it to heart i don't care if you're a vet i don't care if you're new relationships is what keeps you working in this business this particular promoter connected with us while we were there me triple and tadashi i was role manager for tadashi at the time okay i stayed in contact with this promoter texting him every now and then just words of encouragement matter of fact that the the concert that we went to and did that night when I was with Tripp and T-Dot at this particular church. It was his last night as the youth pastor there. And so I would keep up with him just to encourage him because him and I were kind of going through similar issues. The thing that we love to do, it ain't happening no more. What guy, what do you got next? But he got a new gig, okay? And who do you think he called up to come and do a concert? He called DJ P-Dog. Not DJ P-Dog with Triple E, not DJ P-Dog with Tadashi, not DJ P-Dog with Lecrae. He said, P, I want you, okay? I want you to come. We got a full day. We've got a, a venue that can hold about 300, but we've got like over 600 people. And so we need to do two shows that night, okay? And so I did it. I get on stage, okay? And I do my prepared 90-minute set. And let me tell you, folks, the crowd went nuts. I couldn't believe it. I had sweat pouring down. You can wring my shirt out with the sweat because the adrenaline and the energy was that high in the building. I mean, they were, it was crazy. 
It was crazy. Second set, same thing. And I told my guy, I said, yo, bro, you have no idea what this show meant to me. It showed it shows me I can do this. It's giving me the motivation. And so what did I start doing? I got back home. I went back to the warehouse, folks. But I started writing a new vision. I started planning. I said, I got to come off this warehouse situation. Okay? My time is coming to a close with this. I got to get back to what I know what to do. What I love to do. I'm an entertainer. I'm ready to get back on that stage the right way. Okay? I'm still working at the warehouse. Okay? Then I get another phone call. Okay? I get another phone call from um, from Lecrae and his people. They called me up, say, hey, we need you to come out and, um, and do another show with us. Um, and this time they said to me, uh, at this point, DJ Official's health was, was so bad he couldn't travel anymore. And so they asked me, say, man, what is, what is your schedule like for the rest of the year? And I said, listen, you tell me the dates, I'm there. And I knew at that moment in time, I said, I've got my plans. I've got one more quick run with Reach Records because after I got done with that run, DJ Promote would come along, okay? He was already being groomed and, and being prepared to be the next full-time guy with Lecrae at that time. And I was cool with that because I knew what I was going to do, okay? I had my vision and I knew traveling with artists doesn't fit in my new vision I gotta go do this thing on my own I've been there done that now it's time for me to really work on my own so I'm on what I would call the final run okay I remember going to the warehouse work and I said listen guys I've got two more weeks here I said after this I go back on the road full time and I'm not I don't plan on coming back okay they were cool with it. They said, bro, you've been a great worker. You've been a cool dude. If anybody here had any reason to be braggadocious or whatever, you were that guy and you weren't that dude. Now, let me pause there and let me tell you guys why I know that it was my time to be at that warehouse. Okay. The supervisor of this warehouse was a, he was a Christian, is a Christian. Okay. He had a lot of struggles going on. Um, in life, particularly in his marriage, okay? And I was able to really build a, a dope relationship with him and really encourage him to stay the course. Don't give up on your marriage, bro. Like, fight for it, okay? Here's what was crazy, because amongst the time that I'm about to walk off this warehouse to go back full-time on the road, I'm also preparing to now move into a pastoral role with a brand-new church plant here in Durham, okay? So I've got all these things happening. And I remember sitting down with with um with who would be my lead pastor, uh Pastor Dante of Grace Park Church, shout out. And we're talking and come to find out the guy who was my supervisor on my job at the warehouse, he knew him. And he too knew about the issues that he was having in life. And I said, "Bro, this is crazy to me." That some way, somehow, God would strategically put me where I am 
to be a minister to this dude every day and you've been praying for him because this is your friend that you grew up with. So it was crazy. And the testimony behind that is just this past July, he came, my old supervisor, came and visited our church, okay, with his wife and family. And I'm telling you, bro, it was like amazing to me, okay? So again, hindsight being 2020, me being at that warehouse was more was more than just me getting to a place of humility and transition. But God also had a plan to strategically put me where he put me to be a light and to be a help and a guide for a brother who was going through it. You feel me? So, folks, I'm saying all that to say you never know why you're where you are. Okay? You never know why you are where you are. And sometimes you just got to trust that God has got the plan and, and trust his plan. Okay? That's just what it is. Now back to my final run. So I go on my final run with Lecrae. We do maybe six or seven shows. And I'm planning. I'm planning. I've got shows on my own now lined up. So once these, and here's the other thing, people. Don't just live in the moment. You got to think about months down the line. You got to continuously seek after work. Okay? So I'm on this final run with Lecrae, and I'm utilizing this time wisely now to set my own career up, all right? Great run with Lecrae, by the way. We did several arenas. It was great. Great crowds, great groups of people, great promoters that I got a chance to meet and build with. My final show with Lecrae was in Detroit, okay? It was the fall of 2013, and it was in Detroit, and it was the quote-unquote release party for Church Close 2. The set that we put together that night was absolutely phenomenal. But I'm on that stage with Lecrae that night, okay? I love what I do. But that night, I said, this is it. I love Lecrae. I love what he's doing. I love helping him with his art. But it's now time for me to do what I do. It's now time for me to step out of the shadows and, and, and be the guy that I'm meant to be on this stage and take control of my career. And that was my last night that I DJ for Lecrae and I officially went solo the very next night, okay? Starting off by doing a show right here in my own city. Packed house. And, and, and then we killed it. It was great. I'm saying all that to say this, folks. I knew the seasons were changing at that point. And I said, I got to make sure that I do this thing right. Okay? And from that moment on until now, I haven't stepped back in the warehouse because I had a plan. And I still have a plan. And I've got new plans. Every year, I have new plans. We're already thinking about 2019 and 2020 and 2021 because I learned these lessons during my time with Reach Records. Okay, I learned how the business works. Okay, I got out of the whole Christian hip hop model of doing things by spending money on Rapzilla, thinking that you're going to get over. And I saw a guy do real work in the real music business with real industry people. Okay, and after that, I would get calls. 
Hey, P, Lecrae needs you to come to New Zealand. I can't do it, bro. I got my own show. Hey, P, Triple E needs a new DJ. I can't do it. I'm doing my own thing. You feel me? And and I took, there's a certain sense of, there is a certain sense of pride. Like, not as in I'm bigger than they are, but it was like, I'm doing this, man. To the point where these guys can hit me up. I turned down New Zealand, folks, because I had my own show. Can you, Think about that for a second. I haven't gotten any calls to go to New Zealand since. I don't know if I'll ever get to New Zealand. But the thing is, I was in a position where I could turn it down and not miss a payday because I was doing my own show. Folks, you got to have a plan. I was in a warehouse at the time because I did not have a plan. Okay, granted, the Lord still used that time because, again, I was put in a position to be a light and a guiding brother to another brother. Okay, don't get me wrong. But the reality of it is, from a business standpoint, I didn't have a plan. I had no idea where I was going to go. I gave you guys my last two episodes ago. If you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. I thought my career was done. Okay? It's 2018. I'm four and a half years into a solo career. And I'm going nowhere but up. Lecrae was here in my town for, for his All Things Work Together tour. And I got my road manager. Okay? <laughs> my road manager is connecting with Lecrae's road manager, learning the ropes. All right? I never had a road manager before. I've got one now. And I'm I'm talking to Lecrae. And I'm showing him this is where I'm at now, bro. He's he's looking at my videos like, yo, bro, keep doing it. You always been a grinder. Keep going. Keep doing it. And 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 and, and here's the thing, folks. I still have a great relationship with Reach Records. I didn't leave on bad terms. I didn't burn any bridges, okay? In this business, it's all about relationships. KB was talking about doing a tour and was looking for a one-man act. I was in a position where me and KB sat down, and I showed him my promo video. Say, yo, bro, this is what I'm at, bro. You need somebody to come rock with you? This is it. He didn't take me up on the offer, but here's my point. I was in a position to have a conversation, okay, because of a relationship that we had. I was rocking with this dude when he was a, a, a nobody, pretty much. Saw this kid grow up, gave him as many tips as I could, you know, as we traveled to Africa and Australia. Rock with this dude. Rock with this young brother. Love what he's doing today. I was able to have a conversation. Tadashi. Brought me out for a couple of dates. Hit me up on my cell. No no, no management team, none of that, because we have a relationship. Okay? Even Lecrae hit me up a couple of more times to come out. And I wasn't able to do it because I had my own show going. You feel me? But the point is, folks, relationships in this business is everything. And there are people like KJ52 
who's who's great guy, man. I got to bring him on my show because this dude, like him and I got stories for days because we've done a lot of stuff together, okay? Because part of me going solo was working a lot with him too, okay? And him giving me a shot to go out there and showcase my skills on the solo scene. So, I, you know, and, and, and I just did the show in Myrtle Beach this weekend. KJ52 connected me with that promoter. And I've been going out there for four years now because I have a relationship with the promoter. I'm, the, I'm one of the last artists standing that they'll even bring out because we have a relationship, okay? Relationships in this business go far. So, folks, hopefully... One, I hope that you guys didn't think I was going to come on this show and give you guys a bunch of dirt. I've got stories for days, all right? I could tell you guys stories for day. I could tell you about the time that me, Lecrae, Tadashi, Tripoli, and Andy Mino got stuck in an elevator in Africa, okay? I could tell you I could tell you the story on, you know, I have platinum status, and I get upgraded to first class, and Lecrae's got to sit in coach. I could tell you those kinds of stories, okay? I could tell you... Oh, man, I could tell you guys what happened to us in Jamaica when me and Lecrae were in Jamaica and we were hanging out at this one spot to go listen to some Jamaican music. And out of nowhere, bro, these these girls just run in. I think we were set up. This guy called us up to his his place to come listen to some music. He's in the window. We're walking through the streets of Jamaica. He's playing music out of his window. We go up to listen to the music. Nobody is in the building. Okay. It's just me, Lecrae, and at the time, my man Alex Faith was his road manager. So we're all up in this place listening to some Jamaican music, and all of a sudden, these girls just come out of nowhere. And I'm like, yo, what is happening right now, bro? And I think these were women who were asking us to pay for their services, if you would, Okay. All of a sudden, these cops bust into place. And we like, holy crap, we are about to have an international situation. I could tell you stories like that. We got out of there. Nothing happened. Thank God. But nonetheless, I could tell you guys stories of, of us going overseas to Africa and almost not coming back. Okay? I could tell you those kinds of stories because they were real. And maybe I'll save those for another day. But today, I just wanted to... Exp- like, the main reason I wanted to bring this up is one to let you guys know I've been in the game and I've got skin in the game. So when I talk about the things that I talk about, I've been there, done that. I work with the top-tier guys, all right? I work with the top-tier labels, all right? I want you guys to understand. Live in the moment, but have your plan, all right? And when those moments even come, put them against the backdrop of your plan. And if they don't match with your plan... Go to the next thing, bro. Don't be distracted. Stay focused. Don't depend on anybody else to take you on for the ride because they can want, they can, they can need you today. Listen, I tell this to my guys. I got a production director and a road manager, and I tell them, guys, when we on the road, bro, we on the road. But I can't guarantee you a thing. And so I'm even teaching them to make sure they got their own situation, and they killing it. They get it. They get it. They get in it early. Okay? Because I'm not going to be on the road with them for another month or two. Because we're taking a little bit of a break from the Glow Party Tour. I'm doing some one-off stuff, but we're taking a little bit of a break. But they got, they're got they good because they got their own situations going. 
When it's time to go out with P-Dog, they ready. You feel me? These are the realities, folks. I hope that you guys enjoyed the show. I did go a little long, a lot longer than I expected, but I think this was important for you guys to hear. I want you guys to, to, to be ready. Um, the next episode is coming out, and I do apologize for not putting out this episode on Monday. Had a lot going on. But the next episode I got coming out, I'm not sure what it's going to be. But next Thursday's episode, I've got a very special guest that, that's going to be on the show with me. You don't want to miss this episode, folks. Okay? His name is Paul Porter. He's got a website called Rap Rehab. This guy has been featured on MSNBC, um, Fox News. You know, he's been on the Wendy Williams show. Good friends with Wendy Williams. He's got a brand new book that's been critically acclaimed. It's called Blackout. And he's going through his 40 years of being in the music business. He's a former program director for BET. He was working for Top 40 Radio in New York and got fired because his convictions led him to challenge the stations from playing certain songs. I've got him coming on to the show. And we got a lot that we're going to be dialoguing about. And we're going to be talking about his brand new book called Blackout. Go ahead on and check out his book, blackoutthebook.com. He's going to be on the show next week, next Thursday. I'm going to give him a real good buildup. And so that's going to be next week's show. I've got other great guests that's going to be on the show. I've got music mixes that I'm going to be bringing to you guys. And I'm going to reveal to you guys next Thursday on what is coming up in March I am going to be doing March Music Madness, but it's going to be totally different, totally different than what I've been doing. There's going to be no competitions. I'm going to be revealing what those plans are on next Thursday about March Music Madness and all that good stuff. So, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you guys check out, um, continue to check out the show. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and, of course, DJPDog.com. Um you want to book me to come out hit me up on email booking at djpdog.com i would love to come out to your place i've got um this weekend i'm going to be in burlington north carolina got two dates out there this weekend go and hang out with my friends there and i'll tell you guys all about those shows on tuesday all right but until then i'm gonna holler at you guys later one love peace follow djp dog facebook twitter or Instagram right now at DJP Dog.